again, I'm, I'm glad y'all are here today. We have had, I mean, for honestly, um, we're, we're having great crowds here in the morning services, and so we're glad that uh, some of you have been able to make it. I know there are other people that haven't been able to make it that uh, they wish they could be here, and so uh, we, we, we wish they could be too, but uh, more for us. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're grateful to the Lord for uh, the, uh, 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 the uh, opportunity to be able to come together on, for these morning services. And uh, boy, the Spirit of God has been helping us big time. How many of you have been helped during these morning sessions? Man, the Lord, He's working. So uh, definitely continue to keep your hearts open. It's good to see you, Cynthia. I haven't seen you in a minute. Praise the Lord. But uh, yeah, what a great testimony too. Jack's coming home. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, boy, you know, how many of you, uh, how many of you have received some sort of manifestation of healing in your body during this revival? Man, several of you. Praise God. Thank God. Amen. Uh, listen, I, I want to encourage you uh, to uh, continue to hang on to your faith and hang on to the word of God concerning your healing. Even if the enemy tries to roll in on you and try to persuade you that you didn't get nothing, uh, hang on to the promise of God. Remind him, uh, remind him of where he belongs. Amen. Under your feet. Gil. I drank that cocoa this morning, and man, oh, man, oh, man, that coquito was awesome. And I drank the whole bottle, like 7,000 calories, one sitting. So I'm like wired. Yeah, pray for, pray for, I'm like this. Good thing you didn't have alcohol, and I'd be like, praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Boy, I love y'all, I really love you. <laughs> we, we had a pastor uh, in Ohio, his name was, and you might remember him, Chris, his name was uh, um, uh, Mike, uh, uh, oh, what was his name, Mike Adkins, and uh, we went to his church, and, and uh, we were just becoming acquainted with him, and, and he didn't know nothing about us, and um, some of his members were upset with <laughs> his older members were upset because first service, I said, we need to get off our butts, and there's this woman, she's probably 70 years old and 75 years old. And she was like, after church, she's like, Brother Atkins, you know, she's just an old Pentecostal woman. And she's got, she got the bun and everything. And um, she said, Brother Atkins, you reckon that brother's even saved? Did you hear what he said up there? And, and, and he's, such a, he's such a great pastor. He said, he said well, Sister Thompson, Tom, Thompson, Thomas, Thompson, he says, uh, um, I reckon we ought to just give him a chance. Let's see if he can redeem himself. Maybe the Lord will save him while he's here, you know. <clears throat> By Wednesday night, that, that, that little old lady was on the floor under the power of God, drunk in the spirit, laughing in the spirit. And uh, Brother Atkins, uh, that night he walked up the, and it was during, it was during that time they had that, uh, um, that uh, commercial, that beer commercial where that goes to, I love you, man. And uh, so Brother Adkins, you know, everybody was, way, we, were, we, were, we were really drunk in the spirit. And uh, Brother Adkins come walking up the aisle, tears streaming down his face. He looks at Ted and I, he says, I love y'all, man. I just love you guys so much. <laughs> Crying and uh, it was great, man. So, but anyway, we've been talking about uh, supernatural increase and uh, God's blessing. And we've been talking specifically about God's blessing in the area of finance. And so, um, now I know there are practical, you know, there are practical, I know some people hear me 
talk about this, and I think people get the impression that uh, the only way that I believe God's going to provide for us is through some kind of uh, uh, unexpected windfall or someone's just going to come up and write you a fat check or, you know, something of that nature. But um, here, here's the thing. I don't think that we leave enough room for those kinds of things. Now, I know some people think that that only happens to preachers. And if you have that mindset, that's the way it's going to be. But... Um, you know, I think uh, Pastor Ben and Tammy could probably testify of some things that begin to happen when they began to exercise the Word of God uh, for their finances that never happened to them before as ministers. You know, so this idea that because we're ministers, uh, we get this supernatural increase. You know, I know lots of ministers that have never had uh, any kind of supernatural increase. Not only did they work for every dime that they earned, uh, they, didn't, they didn't earn enough for the work that they did. And a lot of preachers become bitter as a result of that. But uh, I remember being in uh, uh, Lexington, Oklahoma, uh, with a pastor by the name of Buck Jordan. He's gone on to be with Jesus, but uh, Buck Jordan, he uh, had me come to his church. We were there for revival. And uh, again, you know, people are reluctant. And I understand, you know, there's a lot of I've met a lot of rascals, uh, you know, on the on the evangelist. Well, more recently than before, but um, but uh, so he was a little reluctant because he had heard that we had taught on the subject of finances, and so um, I, I I asked him. Uh, sometimes I'll ask a pastor, "Do you want me to deal with this? Or do you want me to talk about this?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, you know, go ahead and whatever the Lord leads you to do, do it." And so he was very gracious, and I so I I taught first Sunday I taught on. You know what, you know, some of the things the Lord told me first week during revival, I taught on it. So that second Sunday, by the second Sunday, he, he didn't agree with prosperity. He didn't believe with, the, he didn't agree with the prosperity message. But by the end of that first week, he was like, man, this is in the Bible. And so I remember he sowed a, te- he sowed a hundred dollar seed. He said that was the, you know, Buck Jordan told me that was the largest offering he'd ever sown in his whole life was a hundred dollars to, to, a, to a, in an offering. Now, he, he tithed, but in an offering, that's the largest seed he'd ever sown. And that's, that's, that Sunday uh, was a, a Sunday where they went to the prison there in Lexington and ministered in the prison. So he goes to the prison that Sunday, and um, there was a, someone from another church that, that joined them. And while he was there, he said, that person said, oh, uh, Pastor, Pastor Buck, the Lord told me uh, to give this to you, and I, uh, I, I don't want to forget. So here, you know, take this, and he uh, gave him uh, a check, and so Brother Jordan stuck it in his pocket. He was like, all right, you know, and, um, he, and he, he didn't look at it because he's never, he never had anything uh, any kind of supernatural increase. He didn't know that, you know, something might be supernatural about what had just happened. So uh, he put it in his pocket. He did the prison ministry, and he went to, went to church that night, and I got up to preach. And I, and I told everybody, I said, say this with me. And we went through a confession. And after the confession, he remembered, oh, yeah, someone gave me a check. He opened up that check, and it was a check for $10,000. Oh, yeah. After, after we did that confession and he looked at that check, I remember he, 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 he went like this and he, he was a big fella. He went back like this and he said, he sat down in the pew. He said, brother Ziggy, brother Ziggy. And, and I was like, I was like, yes, sir. And he goes, uh, I've got to, I've got to tell this. You can't go on without me. And he told us the testimony and I'm telling you that place came unglued. So, uh, here's, here's the thing, you know, whatever you earn, the, the Lord may lead you like he led Ted to um, washers and dryers and things of that nature. And him leading him to that place is definitely supernatural. 
but, but anything that you, that you earn, you know, the Lord may have worked with you to get you there. Don't get me wrong. We need to give credit to God for all that we have. Because, you know, uh, he woke us up this morning. He woke us up on time. Amen. Uh, but what, what the, the whole purpose of me preaching this message is to get you, you, you and your faith out there to trust God for money that you don't have any. You're not a part of earning that money, not whatsoever. And if you've, if you've never had that happen, then you don't know how it happened. That, are there different ways that God can do this? Yes, we're not talking about those ways. We're talking about a different way. So I, I want you to, uh, th- there's a Dave Ramsey way. But we ain't talking about Dave Ramsey's way. If Dave Ramsey was here, he'd be like, listen, you got to be practical. Well, we're not talking about practicalities. We're talking about the supernatural. Amen. And we're tapping into those supernatural realms and supernatural flows. So uh, the only way those things happen is with expectation. Uh, I I, uh, preached a message. I think I may have uh, ministered that message at Ben's as well. Because, yeah, we're in Tyler uh, Tyler, and then over to uh, Queen City. But the Lord told, gave me a word, anticipation is the key to the miraculous. And, you know, expectancy. And um, some people say this, the atmosphere of expectancy is a breeding ground for miracles. But it's not, it's not expectation that produces the miracles. It's expectation that causes us to recognize when the miracles are about to happen. So we think expectation is like a, an uh, um, we think that expectation is what pushes the button or pulls the lever. Or it's like if you stick money in a vending machine and you push the button and, uh, and a soda, you know, or a water pops out of the... Um, we, we think that expectation is the button that you push. That's not the button. Expect, expectation, that's not what it does to, in, in, when it comes to the miraculous. Expectation causes you to become hyper-focused on a different realm. Looking, looking for when that miracle happens. And then when you recognize that it's going to happen, you position yourself to receive it. <clears throat> so a lot of times when we're talking about supernatural increase, when we were in, when we were in, uh, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get in the word. I just want to make sure that y'all understand this. When we were in, um, well, I'll just take Ben's church, for example. When we were at Ben's church for a revival, there was a woman there that had prayed that I wouldn't come to their church. Because she had heard me teach on finances, and she thought what I was saying was demonic. She thought that the devil was in it. And um, so she began to pray, and uh, she, was, she was really troubled by it. And in fact, she told Ben, she said, we don't need that in our church. And Ben said, well, what are you talking about? She said, we don't need that, that demonic stuff. That's, that's the devil. And Pastor Ben, you know, kind of, uh, you know, being the a gracious fellow that he is, kind of, you know, eased it in on her. He didn't like a throat punch or anything. So, <clears throat> but, you know, he kind of encouraged her. Well, you know what? You know, let's, let's just pray. And so she prayed. She rebuked the devil. She stood against, you know, we, how many of you know we got more power than the devil? Uh, now, if you have more power than the devil, then, um, well, the Bible, the Bible tells us uh, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Isn't that right? That every tongue that rises against us will fail. So, um, if we have authority, and this woman believed she had authority to keep out evil, um, and I ended up showing up anyhow. Right, come on. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
Thank God that she had enough sense to say, well, you know what, Lord, I know I have authority over the devil, and if he's here anyhow, then maybe he has something from you. And that was her testimony. So she sat in the services. So uh, she sat in the services and was at least open. And uh, she heard me teach for about four or five days, and it clicked with her, this is the word of God. And so uh, she caught me after service, and she gave me, uh, she handed me her offering, which was a gift card to Red Lobster. Now, I hate Red Lobster. I mean, not that I, I I'll go. I mean, those, those biscuits are, are decent. So, um, <laughs> but it's not my favorite place to go. If I'm going to go see Fox's So anyhow, she gives me this gift card. Now, what I didn't know was that she's homeless. And this, and this is the thing that she has that's the most valuable thing that she, that she has. And I think it was a $50 gift card. Now, she could, I'm sure she couldn't get to Red Lobster. She's clear over in Queen City. Uh, uh, and uh, Red Lobster was in Texarkana's 40-minute, 40, 40 30, 35-40-minute drive. So um, she, she gave it to me, and she, and she told me the story of how she was trying to get rid of me. And uh, so I, I prayed over her, you know, I prayed over her offering. And I, when I went to the office, I told Pastor Ben about it. And he said, uh, he said, well, you know, that lady's homeless. I was like, what? I, I was like, I, I'm glad I didn't know that before because I may have told her, you know, I don't really need that. I don't really like Red Lobster. I mean, I didn't like Red Lobster. I, I knew I wasn't even going to use it. I gave it to Ted. I'm like, here you go, Ted. Ted's like, praise the Lord. I'm taking Debbie out for something nice. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Debbie, get your get your good clothes on. We're going to Red Lobster. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> so uh, the next the very next day, this lady comes by, and uh, she says, "I have a testimony." And, and I was like, that's awesome of what happened. And she told me the, the story. So I had her get up and tell the story. She had had a job at one time, and uh, the Lord had told her after, after church to go look in her bank account. And so uh, she went and looked in her bank account. There was $600 in that bank account, an account that she believed had probably been closed because she had nothing in it and it had $600 in there. And it was from a job that she had worked, and they put... Um, they put her retirement in there. Uh, they didn't know how to get it to her any other way. So they put, I mean, small community, they put it in her bank account. And so she withdrew the money. She said, the Lord blessed me. She said, I withdrew the money. She said, um, and uh, I bought some things that I needed. She said, and I brought an offering. And she handed me the money right there in front of everybody. You know how much she handed me? $550. I took it, and I, I don't even know that I told Pastor. I just took it, put it in. I was like, "Praise God!" Well, that night after she started walking to back to her seat, people started throwing money at her, and I mean, she began to cry, and she's there on the floor, and people are tossing money, and they, there's a big old pile of money in front of her. By the by, the time we get done with that service. So, uh, you know, someone gathered the money for her and they just gave it to her and she came back the next night. She said, can I testify? I said, absolutely. You could testify. She said, man, she said, do you know last night? And I'm, I'm pulling out and I don't remember exactly how much it was. I know it was in this range, but she said last night when I left here, y'all, she said, I didn't tell that for y'all to do that for me. She said, but when I left here, I left here with like $3,600. 
She said, I, she said, praise God. She said, so I went and bought some things, you know, a couple of things that I needed. She says, and I brought an offering and she put a stack of money on them. You know how much money she gave in the offering? $3,550. I'll make a long story short. By the end of the revival, this woman uh, was uh, uh, reconnected with a father that she had been estranged from. They, they didn't like each other, and I'm not sure that she liked him uh, after he passed uh, during the revival. Um, th- this woman was a tough woman. She, I mean, she took about four deacons out back of one church and beat them up one time. And um, I mean, she was, she's pretty rough. But anyhow, um, um, her father was, I guess she said he was involved in some kind of organized or something, something to that effect. But he called her to the hospital and, uh, when he was dying uh, during this time, and he told, uh, he told her, he said, listen, I hate, I hate your, mother, or your stepmother more than I hate you, and uh, so uh, I'd rather you get whatever I have left. And so he left her an inheritance, and it was, uh, I believe it was over three-quarters of a million dollars. And so that lady who was homeless at the beginning of the revival walked in. She had an envelope for me and for Pastor Ben, gave us an offering. I'm not, I'm not certain if she paid her tithe. Hopefully she did. And, um, but the Lord uh, blessed her, supernaturally increased her, and uh, <clears throat> God blessed her big time financially as a result of simple obedience, you know? So, but, but here's the thing. You know, you, that doesn't mean that this person's life was, because I don't even know. I, I haven't seen her recently. Maybe she got upset and took off and left the church or something like that. Who knows? You know, maybe she backslid and went away from God. I don't know. That's, that, but that's the thing with these, these uh, promises and, uh, of God. God's promises are yes and amen. And God will do these things. And you, 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 it's not based on your performance. It's based on his word. God will do what he said he would do. I told Tom Scarella a testimony last night. And, and I am, I'm helping you out already. I, maybe you don't know it, but I am. Um, when we, we went to a town called Sydney, Ohio to preach. And the Lord told me uh, before we went to Sydney, he said, I'm going to pour out my glory in Sydney. And I was like, Hallelujah. So we were going to a lot of Church of God churches at that time. I started inviting pastors from the Church of God church to this church in Sydney. I'm like, Lord said he's going to pour out his glory in Sydney. It was a Church of God church. And I would tell them, and they would look at me like, hmm, got another thing coming, boy. I mean, they wouldn't tell me nothing, but they looked at me like I was nuts. What I didn't know was that Sydney had had as many pastors as they were years in existence. So if, so if they were, you know, it was a 30-year-old church, they had already had 30 pastors in 30 years. They ran every preacher out of there that they ever had. They were the meanest, I mean, they were mean as snakes, Pastor Ben. And uh, so I, uh, yeah, some of y'all are cold. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get warmed up in here. We'll, we'll stoke up the fire here in a second. But um, they had run everybody off. So these pastors that were Church of God, they're looking at me, they're like, you don't even know what you're walking into. And so we end up going. And you know what? They, those people were mean. No one warned me. They were mean. Uh, the, the meetings were terrible. I mean, we did that first meeting. I offended half the church in the first meeting and the rest, rest of the church in the second one. Not, not, I don't think I just offended the church. I think I offended the birds and the, I mean, the, the stray dogs that were in the neighborhood. I mean, everybody was mean in that, in that area. I mean, I'm not lying. It was bad, wasn't it, Ted? So that, that Sunday night, that pastor called up the pastor that had recommended us and chewed him out. 
and uh, told him, how, how dare you send these, t- recommend these guys to my church? He said, I'm, I'm getting rid of them tomorrow. I, I didn't know this. But so on Monday, on, on, well, on that night, uh, Sunday night, on our way back to the hotel, I look at Ted and I said, Ted, I, th- I think we ought to, I think we ought to just pack up our stuff and go, man. This is, this sucks. And Ted's like, well, I thought the Lord told you he's going to pour out his glory in Sydney. Amen. I was like, well, you know, anybody can miss it, Ted. <laughs> and, 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 but Ted wouldn't leave it alone, you know. He's like, well, you know. Uh, Brother Ziki, you don't normally miss it. And, and he said, and I kind of felt like the Lord would. When you said it and you said the Lord would pour out his glory, I was thinking the Lord was going to pour out his glory in Sydney. I was like, well, thank you, Ted, for your input. And then we get in the room and he's like, man, you know, you did say. <laughs> Finally, I looked at him like, Okay. Leave it alone. <laughs> we went back Monday. It was terrible. People were mad. What, what was crazy was the church was packed full. We had, the church was only half full on Sunday morning. Less than that Sunday night. And now we got a full, we couldn't even find a place to park. And this place is packed to the rim. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I walked in there. I'm like, why in the world are these people here? And, and I got up to preach. I thought maybe I was wrong. Maybe I had misread, you know, what was happening. But when I got up and all those people were like this. <laughs> the, the pastor literally, the pastor sat on the platform on a bench. He sat just like this. And that's how he looked at me the whole time. He kept looking at his watch. So I preached and I was done. Um, you know, <laughs> I was done early. <laughs> Got about a quarter till uh, nine. And uh, so anyway, I said, let's pray. You know, let's, let's, let's just uh, pray. And it got bad. Someone came up, tried to play the piano. I said, let's not do that. They slammed the, uh, you know how the pianos have it. They slammed that down and looked at me. And that, then that pastor sat up on the edge of his seat. And he's looking at me like he's going to throat punch me. And I was like, good God. Do you know what made him mad the first day? Is that I told him my grandmother was old. When I realized they were offended at it, I said, grandmas used to be old, y'all. Anyway. It was crazy, and I'll tell you, it was crazy. You, you, I can't even begin to express with words how bad it was. So I'm standing there and I think, well, I'm just going to praise the Lord. I said, let's praise the Lord. I said, let's not praise him for what he's done because he ain't done nothing here. I said, but, well, I, I just want to make it clear. I said, I just want to make it clear because some, some people, they'll go to a dead meeting. And they're like, oh, you know, it's just the peace of God. There's a difference between peace and death. And, and that, that, that wasn't peace. And, and people get confused because we try to call stuff God. When we mess it up, we're like, oh, well, you know, but the Lord was doing No, it wasn't the Lord. That was, that was just dead. I said, so I don't want you all to be confused. This is, a, this is what you would call a dead meeting. I said, so we, we can't point to anything and say this is what the Lord did today. I said, but we can praise him for who he is. And I lifted my hands and began to praise him. Uh, maybe Ted praised him for a bit. He was more praying in tongues, him and the other two guys that were with me. They were just trying to pray through 
And I had my hands up in the air and I'm praising God. And the Lord said this. He said, do you know why all these people are here? And I was like, well, no. And he said, uh, they're here because that pastor's going to run you out of here. And they came to watch. That's right. They sure did. I was like, those dirty rats. <laughs> but, but in my mind, I said this. I said, well, you know what? Uh, this is my job. I can stand here all night, all night, literally, and all day tomorrow. And praise God, they have to go to work. So I set myself to praising. I praised him even harder. Now listen, it's wrong intentions. But you can't praise God and stay in a wrong way. Man, I began to praise him. And man, something shifted. And my focus was off of them. And my focus, I became hyper-focused on the Lord. And when I began to be hyper-focused on the Lord and I got caught up in the presence of God, I remember when it happened because back of my head went numb. I felt like the Lord was sneaking up on me. I looked up at the clock. It was about 9, 12. And I told the, I opened up my mouth. I said, y'all better get ready. Something's getting ready to happen. Before I could get that out of my mouth, the wind of God blew into that building and the glory of God manifested. And for 45 minutes, this wind blew around that building over and over and over again. The glory of God manifested. It was like a movie. Honestly, Bibles were, went flying in the air. Pages were floating down. It was, honestly, it was like a, it was like a movie. It, it, got, it, was, it was Holy Ghost pandemonium. Okay. People began to run. People began to shout. People began to weep. People repented. People slid into the altars on their knees. Uh, out of the corner of my eye, when, the, when, that, when that wind blew, I saw something. It was the pastor sliding across the floor of the, uh, of the platform. And he, uh, it, it was a real high platform. And he uh, rolled down the stairs and laid there in a heap on the floor. His glasses were broken. His uh, suit coat was ripped. And, and he had a carpet burn across the side of his face. It was, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Listen, there's, not, there's nothing, that, nothing that says the Lord is good like that right there. And so uh, needless to say, we broke out in revival. And we were scheduled to be there till Wednesday. This is before we started doing extended meetings. We ended up being there till Friday. And when we went to leave on Friday, with tears, they begged us to stay. But the Lord, the Lord did his work. Now, when I gave that testimony, and I, I said all that to say this, when I gave that testimony for years, I'd say, well, you know what? There, there must have been a people in some generation that had dug a well of revival and prayed and God took and he answered the prayers of another generation and he helped those people out. And thank God that God remembers, you know, the sacrifices and the prayers and the wells of revival that were dug by others. Amen. And that's how I would tell that. And, uh, but we were in Chickasha, seven month revival in Chickasha. And I told that testimony. And when I got to the part where I said people had prayed and I, I went to say that and it got stuck right here in my throat, I said, and, and I couldn't talk no more. And y'all know, most of y'all know I function the gift of the discerning of spirits. Oh, yeah. so, so as those words got stuck, a cloud rolled into the building. Nobody else saw this. I, I saw it uh, by the spirit. A cloud rolled into the building and everyone disappeared and it was just me and the Lord. And I, I, I just stopped. And the Lord said, he says, you know, he says, when you tell that story, he said, you always tell this part of it wrong. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, that last part, he said, you always get it wrong. 
I said, what do you mean? He said, you always tell people that I moved there because someone had prayed and, and broke. He said, that's not why I showed up at Sydney. I said, well, Lord, why did you show up at Sydney? He said, son, I showed up at Sydney because I told you I was coming to Sydney. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I had him repeat it. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, I told you that I was going to show up in my glory in Sydney. And he said, and because I told you that I would come, I came there and I did what I did. We don't understand how powerful one word from God is. That God, that God would show up at a place where people are mean and spiteful and have rejected him, and he'll show up just for you. You know what? It starts, to, it starts to get you to the point where you have to rid yourself of all the excuses of where God hasn't shown up in your life or you think he hasn't shown up in your life. That's right. The only thing that can keep, keep him from it is if we don't believe it. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Thank God. And so believe the word of God. Believe his word for you. Amen. It's extremely important. All right, so let's get back in the word here with this. You say, how does that, how does, how does supernatural increase? Well, supernatural increase really is about the glory of God, the fullness of his expression. Um, it's not really about money, supernatural increase. Although it will, and we're, we're, we're kind of emphasizing the money part, that when you get over there and you begin to uh, uh, trust and believe God uh, in your finances and you, you, you uh, intentionally purpose to allow him the freedom to do. Here's the thing. Don't ask God to do, to do what you want him to do. Ask him to do what he wants to do. Okay. And then the way you define what he wants to do is not by what you've seen in others, but by what you see in Scripture. Amen. And so Deuteronomy 8.1, let's, let's look at those. And I'm going to try not to stop this time because I get stuck sometimes on these Scriptures. Deuteronomy 8.1 um, this, this is a good one we went over yesterday. Every commandment which I command you today, uh, you must be careful to observe. Why? That you may live and multiply and go in. I don't even think we read that part of it yesterday, did we? That you can go in uh, and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Amen. So uh, th there's a principle here. Uh, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Why? So that you can live. See, that's what happened to me that day. What he told me, what God told me was he was going to show up in his glory. Do you know what circumstances look like? Didn't look like God was going to show up at all. That's why looking in the natural is a very poor indicator about what God wants to do by the Spirit. Listen, you can't look at the economy and determine what God's trying to do with you financially because of the economy. You can't look who's in the office of the President of the United States and determine. You know, that, I, think that's, I think that's a lot of reason why um, uh, uh, we're in the mess that we're in. I think Christians began to look at Trump in office and began to think that because there was a man that seemed to be favorable to the church, that somehow or another, we were going to be on easy street. And you know what? God, God, didn't, God didn't want us to get our attention on a man and focus our attention on um, the, the, the man that was in that office. He wanted us to continue to, to focus on him and trust in him and believe what he had to say. Amen. 
Amen. Do you know all these things are, all these things are looking, you know, the devil's trying to get your attention. You know why he's trying to get your attention? So that you won't be paying attention to what God's saying. And so he'll throw you all kinds of stuff. That's, that's why I tell people regular. You know, some people say, Pastor, you know, I, um, um, there was a lady came to me one time at, uh, 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 over at Winter's Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. And she said, um, can you help me out? I feel like God's trying to tell me something, but I haven't been able to determine what he's saying. And I said, well, tell me, tell me what, what's the, what, what problem are you having? She said, well, you know, uh, uh, one day I went to the beach, and while I was at the beach, she said, I saw all these uh, uh, folks in white robes come to the beach, and they went into the ocean. They were having a baptism service. And she said, I was just drawn to them, you know. Uh, they were uh, Haitians, and so there are these black people in these white robes. Well, you know what? I'd be drawn to that too. Heck, I'm drawn to those, those uh, what, what are they, the... Um, is it the Jewish, uh, the, the Israel, yeah, the, black yeah, black Israelite. When they stand on the corner, I'm, I'm enthralled. Yeah. I'm attracted and drawn to that, but that doesn't mean it's God. Right. Right. Amen. Listen, when, when I'm talking about becoming hyper-focused to looking for the supernatural uh, uh, um, move of God, I'm not, I'm not talking about just be uh, attracted to the supernatural because the devil functions in the realm of the supernatural. Are y'all hearing me today? And see, some people, they get, they get hyper-focused on all that is supernatural. That's not what I, listen, that's not what I'm talking about, church. I'm talking about getting hyper-focused on the Holy Ghost. So how do you determine what be the Holy Ghost, what not be the Holy Ghost? Well, it's not too hard to figure out that these Yehus standing on street corners, you know, shouting and whatever. It, it don't take you very long to figure out that it's not God. Yeah. But anyway, she, uh, she followed these folks and, and went over there. And uh, she watched them baptize people in water. And um, she was just, she's like, Lord, you're, you're, I know you're, you want, you're just trying to tell me something here. And so she ended up going to the church that these people went to. She said, I was there. The pastor preached in uh, Creole and French, and um, I didn't understand. So someone sat with me and interpreted what uh, the person was saying. And um, the preacher, she said, but the other day, she said, I, this is what concerns me. She says, is the other day she was preaching, and she was preaching how that, um, that uh, Eve, the, re the reason why Cain slew Abel was because Eve had slept with the serpent and become impregnated by the serpent and by Adam at the same time. And the seed of the serpent, the seed of the serpent um, uh, fertilized one egg in Eve, and the seed of Adam fertilized the other egg. And so Cain and Abel were only brothers because they were Eve's sons, but they had different fathers. And that's why Cain slew Abel. She said, I know that's not right. And it's not right. Now, every now and again, listen, that's not right. But, but, but every now and then someone will come along. William Branham came along and said that. I have this revelation. Listen, it's not a revelation. It's a distraction. It's the enemy trying to get people off course. So she said, I know that's not right. I, she said, that's not right, is it? I said, no, it's not right. She said, I didn't think so. She said, but she said, now I'm confused. Why would the Lord lead me somewhere? Uh, come on. Come on. 
here's the thing. If number one, if if you're if you're trying to determine how the Lord's leading you by what you're seeing in the what you see in the natural is a very poor indicator of what God's trying to do in the spirit. You're not going to see. Listen, if even if the spirit of God is moving, you know what? I don't determine what God's doing by when I see someone start to twitch. You know, I don't call people out because they're twitching. I don't call people out because they're crying. I don't call people out because they look like they're easy targets. Go ahead now. They look like they'll fall down. I think I'll pray for them. No. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people do do that. That's right. Of how many people call out people that are crying because they think, you know, it's an easy target. You know, it seems like the Lord's doing something here. And the Lord very well may be doing something in them. But if the first time you recognize it is when you see something in the natural, you're way behind. You're way behind. Because that's not how the, the, the Spirit, of the Holy, that's the, that's the complexity of being led by the Spirit. He's invisible. <laughs> if we could see him, it would be easy. But because he's invisible, then we have to develop something, uh, something that uh, is perceptive to that realm, and then we have to equip our spirit man to, to hear only what he's saying and to follow only what he's doing. Some people only develop their spirit enough to, uh, to recognize the supernatural, then can't tell the difference between God, the devil, and themselves. I know, see, some of y'all came in here, you thought I was going to talk about giving. I'm talking to you about the stuff that keeps people from getting over there and walking in the fullness of God's blessing. Go ahead now. See, you're, you're only in the baby stages when you're giving an offering and going, praise God, got seed in the ground. Amen. Ooh, glory. But see, any blessing that comes from the Lord comes out of the Spirit. Supernatural increase is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost manifesting something that God has for you in the spirit and causing it to become manifested in the natural. Amen. Now, I mean, there's not a, he's not going to put a, a, a money tree in your backyard. But it, it'll, it will manifest. The spirit of God may come on Lewis and Lewis today be like, girl, we're giving some money today. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the kid be like, I bet, that, bears, that bears witness with my spirit. You know, it comes out of the spirit. Yeah. So anyway, this woman... She says to me, she says, uh, she says, what is the Lord trying to tell me? She said, do you know? I said, I, I do. Oh, I, was, I was excited. I'm like, I do know. <laughs> She's like, oh, praise God. She said, she said, can you, what, what is the Lord saying? Can you tell me? I said, if I tell you, will you hear it? She says, absolutely. I said, okay. I said, are you ready? She said, yes. I said, the Lord ain't trying to tell you nothing through that nonsense. Boy, that's right. Oh, yeah. I said, because, because God doesn't speak through natural circumstances. What he says might affect certain, you know, uh, natural circumstances. Amen. You know, when, when the prophet Elijah went, went and uh, was running from Jezebel, you remember that? When he, when he took tail and took off, and the Bible says that he went and he hid himself in this cave, and the Lord spoke to him, and the Bible says that uh, he stepped to the opening of that cave, and, and, and it says, behold, that, what was the first thing? I can't remember. Was it a fire? Was the first thing a fire? Uh, there was a, maybe a wind or something. I don't know. An earthquake. First, it was an earthquake. There was a quake. 
And then it says this, but the Lord was not in the quake. You know, when you look at that, it's not really saying that God wasn't the manifester of the quake. What what it's saying is Elijah couldn't determine what God was saying through the quake. Do you know why? Because God doesn't talk through quakes. God has a mouth. Come on, Jesus. Now, <laughs> amen, if 17 people get healed, then I think it'd be good, you know, in a meeting, you, you, it starts to become safe to assume that the Lord wants to heal. I mean, you can, you can do that, but you're better off being ahead of the curve. That's right. And then the, then the Bible says a wind, but God wasn't in the wind. It wasn't that God wasn't the producer of the wind. Come on now. It was that the word of the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then a fire. And it says God wasn't in the fire. It doesn't mean God wasn't the producer of the... Are y'all hearing me today? But the word of the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then in the end, you know what it says? And then a still, small voice. And, and Elijah heard the word of the Lord uh, through that still, small voice of the Spirit in his inner man. Amen. Amen. So church, we've, we've, got to, we've got to give up on, on um, uh, we've, got, we've got to grow to the place where we're not led by feelings, by circumstances, by what we see with our natural eye or we hear with our natural ear, uh, unless you know, you're hearing an audible voice and you can de- uh, determine that that's really uh, the Lord and it aligns with scripture and, and uh, things of that nature. And we've got to begin to make sure that, um, what we're, what we, that what we believe about God lines up with Scripture. Amen. So, um, uh, every commandment which I command you, everything I say, observe. Be careful to observe it. Do it. If you'll do that, then you'll live, multiply, go on and possess the land the Lord swore to your fathers. Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Say power to get wealth. wealth. Now notice it doesn't say he gives you wealth. He gives you the power to get it. Oh yeah, to get it. He doesn't give you wealth. He gives you the power to get it. In other words, uh, you know, uh, you can't just sit around twiddling your thumbs. You have to hear the word of the Lord. And and notice everything, everything about these scriptures, you have to put God first. Not yourself, not your feelings, not, not, things that, not what's convenient for you. You know, God will tell you to do stuff uh, in, in, uh, financially that will uh, seemingly jeopardize your lifestyle. Oh, yeah. God will tell you to jump in a car in Northwest Ohio and drive to a meeting in Oklahoma City and take time off work and spend money on food and hotel. And you're like, oh, Lord, you know, this is going to cost me something. Go ahead, man. Amen. <laughs> so he, sometimes he'll, he'll tell you to do stuff that seems like it will put you in financial jeopardy. But when, we're, when we put him first 
and when we're obedient to him. And not just doing it out of a sense of, of emergency. Man, if I don't do this, then God can't help me. Not, that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it out of obedience to the Holy Ghost, out of a love that we have for Jesus. Every, everything that you sow, everything that you give, you ought to give and sow out of a love for Jesus. Out of a heart of worship. But he gives you the power to get wealth. In other words, it's up to you whether you're going to obey him or you're not going to obey him. You have the power to choose. Uh, also, the power to get wealth isn't, isn't the, necessarily the, uh, you know, we call, we call money when we take money. And I think it's a good, you know, you can use this. We take money and we say that this money is our seed. But really, it's not the money that produces uh, the, the harvest. It's the act of obedience to the word of God. We're, the Bible says the sower sows the word. And so that money is just the point of contact. So we're sowing, when we sow that money, it's not the money that's the seed. It's the act of us doing the word of God that's the seed that produces a harvest. Amen. That's the power that God, the power that God gives us to get wealth is the gospel, his word, the good news. Amen. 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 And why? So that he can establish his covenant. Praise God. Uh, Joshua 1 8. Well, I'm awfully dry today. I think I'm going to need some lotion. I, I feel myself getting ashy all over right now. <laughs> Cover up my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> any questions yet? Anybody have any questions? Are we all, are we all good? Yeah, yeah uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Alan has a question. <clears throat> um, oh, no. What I, I think maybe answering a question yesterday. Was it yesterday? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't don't uh, when when we're expecting, when we're um, when we're and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain that. I'm glad you said it because some I, in my mind I it, it sounded right, but now you repeating it back to me, it's clear that you didn't hear it quite the way I intended it. So what I'm what we were on that what we were on a thought of, um, or my my thoughts were here that sometimes we we are. What we desire falls short of what God desires for us. And so we don't shoot high enough because we, we, don't, we don't believe high enough. And so for us, prosperity and, and, and a supernatural increase might just be, you know, going from a, and, and I'm only taking something material uh, to, because we're talking about money and, and to help with this point. So maybe you've been driving around in a tree. What's the year of your uh, truck? <coughs> See, she don't even know. It's an 06. It shows you. Sheree's like, I don't care. I just drive it. Uh, <laughs> See, so Sheree, she may just have faith for an 06 uh, ex, you know, Explorer. God may intend to get her, a, you know, a 2023 Lincoln. And, and there'll be no difference in her faith to have one or the other. Just God wants to get it to her. All she has to do is be willing to receive it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. She got the faith for it. God intends to get it to her. All she has to do is get to the point where she receives. You know, the Lord, when, um, when the Lord blessed us with the airplane, after we got the airplane, I told people that God had blessed us because we had sacrificed all those years. And that was another time he shut me up. I went to say that. And we sacrificed all these years driving around and the Lord finally blessed us. That's how we are. That's how we think. And I, was, I went to say that and it, it got stuck. And the Lord told me that day. He said, I tried to give you an airplane when you were 22. That's exactly what he said. He said, I tried to give you an airplane when you were 22. You know what I said in my mind? No, you didn't. Like God doesn't know what he's talking about. In my mind, I said, no, you didn't. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it hung up, David. Um, all of a sudden, the Lord took me back to a dream that he gave me when I was 22 of me flying an airplane. And he gave me, God gave me that dream of me flying an airplane. And here, here's how I know it was God. Because I, there was an airplane that was sitting in a field next to my house. It was a tail dragger. I didn't know what a tail dragger was at that time. It's an airplane that has two wheels up front and one little wheel in the back and sits up like this. It was a tail dragger. I got in this tail dragger. I know what kind of tail dragger it was now. I didn't know then. But the, the dream was so vivid that I know now that it was, a, it was a Piper, a Cub, a J3 Cub. And I, in the dream, I got in the airplane. You know what I did? I took this little, little uh, a lever, and I, I did this way, and I pushed a button on it, and I pulled this lever out, and I pushed it in, and I pulled it out, and I pushed it in three times. You know what I was doing? I was priming the engine. I had never primed an engine in an airplane. But in the dream, I primed the engine. I then flipped a switch. And then I turned a key, <laughs> and this thing fired up. I advanced a throttle and took off. I remember the sensation of flying, and then I bring it in for a landing. <laughs> I landed main wheels first, and then the back wheel dropped, and I parked the airplane. I was like, that's awesome. You know, my first experience in an airplane, when that guy told me, see that lever over there, pull it and, and pull it out and push it in about three times. That primes the engine. It, I was like, I had a dream about this. The whole process was just like the dream. The Lord said, I tried to get you a dream, when, a, a, a plane when you were 22. But you know what? Because I hadn't renewed my mind with the word of God and gotten the mind of God. Listen, there's so much that we miss out on because we don't get the mind of God about it. All we have is our opinion and our idea and our own mind. And because of it, we're missing out on God's best for us because we, we choose to take and, and you know what? And we, and we feel righteous and holy about it. Like we're, like we're really doing something. I'm so humble. And the Lord's like, listen, you put yourself through all this garbage. When, so that's, that's what I'm saying by that. In, instead, of, instead of you setting the bar for what God's going to do for you, let the word of God set the bar. Because you know what? When you start looking into the word of God and you start finding out what the Bible says, the Bible sets the bar way higher than we ever dreamed of setting the bar. Amen. Amen. Does, that, does that help you out, Alan? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Listen, there aren't any limits. Go ahead now. There aren't any limits. Boy, that's right. Say no limits. No limits. Glory to God. All right. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Amen. Notice it doesn't say this book of the law shall not depart off thy uh, dashboard. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy CD player. This book of the law shall not depart off of thy coffee table. No, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, before it gets in your mouth, where does it have to go? (laughs) Amen. It's got to go here before it comes out here. Amen. You know, God's spirit is in you. Uh, Finnis Dake, I told you all this about Finnis. Finnis Dake wrote the, wrote the notes in the Dake's Bible. You all know that, that Dake's Bible? Finnis Dake wrote all these notes. You know, Finnis Dake had a gift. His, his ministry came to prominence because God gave him a gift. He was able to quote entire books of the Bible. In fact, I think at one time he could quote the entire New Testament. And that's, that's how he, when he would go to meetings and he'd say, give me a verse of scripture. I'll tell you the verse before it. I'll tell you the verse after it. And so people would read a verse of scripture and they would try to stump him. They'd go to books, you know, that most people don't read. And he would quote in, in you know, these, these verses. Sometimes he'd just quote the whole chapter. Now, here's what Finnis Dake testified to. He said, he said it was supernatural. And people were like, well, you know, there's a lot of people that have the ability to... Um, to look at something and remember it, to memorize. They have photographic memories. He said, yeah, but I was quoting things I had never read. Do you know why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you, and he knows the whole book. So you don't have to get it in your spirit. It's already there. You don't have to get it in your spirit. It's already there. So Finnis Dake is quoting scriptures he never read. And that's why, that's why you couldn't get the Dakes Bible in any other translation except for King James. Because he said, uh, he said I, I don't believe in other translations. They said, why? He said, because when the gift worked, it worked in King James. <laughs> Which is a silly reason why. To, but anyway, that's just how it worked uh, for him. And so he only, for, for years, until his, he passed away, and then his, I think his children and uh, maybe his... Uh, um, whatever they call it, his estate started putting it out in different versions. But um, he would quote it in King James. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? So what we're doing when we get the word of God is we're persuading our minds uh, to believe something different. That, that's why I say you can, never, you can never depend on your mind to train your spirit. It has to be the other way around. You have to let your spirit train your mind. You have to let the anointing teach you. You have to let the anointing teach you, like the Word of God uh, uh, tells us. Your spirit has to train your mind. If you'll let your spirit train your mind, listen, your, your spirit will lead you to places. Uh, your spirit will lead you to do things. You can't write a check big enough to cover it on your own. Right. Go ahead, man. But if you'll follow your spirit, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are, y- are y'all hearing this today? Yes. Oh, shapala brafea. 
You know, you got to pay attention too to what the Holy Ghost is doing because not only not only do we have to de- if if we're going to do this, we can't just depend on what we read. We've got to depend upon the anointing and the manifestation of God's spirit. So when you when you begin to sense God's spirit working in you as we talk about these things, it's extremely important that you acknowledge him. Amen. That you acknowledge him through oh, uh, uh, through responding to him. That's, that's what acknowledgement is. When I'm flying an airplane, when I fly out of Wiley Post, I, I take off out of Wiley Post, and uh, almost always on the ground, they'll say, uh, my, the air, my tail number's uh, uh, 92 Hotel Whiskey. And so they'll say, on, on the ground, they'll say, 92 Hotel Whiskey, upon departure, fly runway heading. That means after I take off, stay going straight uh, the way, the same way the runway go. Fly runway heading until two miles south of Wiley Post. Then turn left uh, uh, north uh, uh, northeast of downtown. Four miles uh, east of of uh, uh, at or below two thousand five hundred till four miles east of Wiley Post. Do you know what they want me to do? They want me to acknowledge them. Do you know how I acknowledge them? By repeating back to them what they said. Upon departure, runway heading uh, at or below 2,500. Runway heading, turn left. um, uh, Remain below at or below 2,500 till four miles uh, east of Wiley Post. That's what they want me to say back. If I don't do that, you know what they'll do? They'll come on the radio. They'll say, a nine or two hotel whiskey acknowledge. Nine or two hotel whiskey acknowledge. If I don't acknowledge them, you know what they say next? Nine or two hotel whiskey say intentions. What are you going to do? You know why they want to know what I'm going to do? Because they want to get everybody else out of the way of the idiot. that is about to do what he wants to do instead of what they're telling him to do and puts everybody else in danger. Are y'all hearing me today? So acknowledgement isn't just recognize. Acknowledgement, oh, glory. Boy, I am preaching today, y'all. Ha, ha, ha. See, that's why it's important that not only do we hear the word and we repeat the word, but when the spirit of God comes on you and says, now I want you to lift your hand and shout. See, some of you sat through services and he said, lift your hand and shout. And you didn't acknowledge. Go ahead, man. Talk about it. And he came back to you a second time and he said, Sheree, acknowledge. Oh, yeah. That's right. And he came again. He's like, Sheree, acknowledge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, Sheree, say your intentions. <laughs> That's right. Come on now. Yeah. Amen. We acknowledge him through obeying him, not only what his word said, but whatever the spirit's prompting is in that. Amen. Amen. And I'll I'll be honest with you. That's the number one place where I see people miss it the most. Their unwillingness because, well, I'm just not that type of person. I just don't say amen. Well, you know what? You don't want to fly an airplane. Boy, that's right. You know, the hardest thing in an airplane is communications. I'm a preacher, and I didn't want to push that little button and talk to air traffic control. You know why? Because I don't want to say anything stupid. 
But you end up saying stupid stuff. When I got a new airplane, instead of saying the tail number on the airplane, Sheree was with me. We had a, I had an airplane. It was uh, uh, 231 Juliet Yankee. Is that right? That's right, yeah. 231 Juliet Yankee. That was the, the tail number of the airplane. When I got 92 Hotel Whiskey, I was still calling myself 231 Juliet Yankee. Money 231 Juliet Yankee, you know, da 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 da. I'm like, correction, 902 Hotel Whiskey. <laughs> It's embarrassing. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes. One time I was flying into Ardmore. They said uh, a 92 Hotel Whiskey cleared the land. Well, I was in another airplane, but 92 Hotel Whiskey cleared the land runway 17. I said, cleared land 17, 92 Hotel Whiskey. I wasn't lined up for a 17. I was lined up for, uh, I think, 26 or something, something of that nature. I, I, was in, I was on the wrong run, runway. I was on the... The, the, I was supposed to land on the runway going this way. I was running, I was landing on the one going this way. Too busy chatting it up with people in the airplane. As I got close to the runway, those big numbers appeared, and I realized I was off. I received that in the name of Jesus. So I, I, I noticed I was off. Before I, before I could call him up and make correction, the guy called me up. He said, uh, he said, 92 Hotel Whiskey, uh, you're lined up on the wrong runway. Mm-hmm. Say intentions. Go Listen, ahead, you you got to answer right. You know what I said? I'm going around. I ain't landing on the wrong runway. Because if I landed on the wrong runway, the next thing they'd have told me is this. 92 Hotel Whiskey, write down this number. Yep. <laughs> And then I'd have to have a call with the tower and possibly a call to the, the FISDO or the FAA and possibly, uh, you know, a, a ride in an airplane with a FAA examiner to determine whether I was competent enough or not to fly an airplane. Imagine if that, you know, I know that most people in the, in the body of Christ, they think, well, you know, God's not that way. You know, you know what? He's, uh, he's, he's even more, uh, God is even more strict than that. Oh, yeah. It's just that you've never, yes. you've never been deep enough. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Listen, if you think God is loosey-goosey, you hadn't been deep, deep enough to understand the, uh, the order that, that exists in the realm of the... Do you, know, do you know why there's some people that you see... The, I need to... Ooh, we're already done. That we, we, you know why there, why there are some people that are, you see them... Uh, uh, exp, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, that you see a greater measure of the, uh, of the, uh, of the power of God and the, and the spirit of God demonstrated through. Well, I'll just take one person, Benny Hinn. You know, Benny Hinn, it takes a lot of heat. I've watched Benny Hinn and there have been times I've been offended at Benny Hinn because uh, he, he made certain people shut up. You know, one lady, we were at, we were at maybe center and, uh, there was a lady in the meeting and, uh, she was, uh, all of a sudden she had a, she had a, 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 a message in tongues. Man, I'm telling you, she, all she got out was sele and then, uh, six men appeared out of nowhere and now she is up over their heads and they're running her out of the service and and you hear her tongue kind of drifting off into the distance it was like (laughs) 
And Benny Hinn is like, shh. That's right. <laughs> well, you know what? As, as Christians, there's some people like, oh, he's not God. How dare he? Here's the deal. You have never been that deep. Yeah, you don't know what it takes. You don't know what it takes. You know, you're like, well, I just don't think it takes all that. How would you know? When was the last time you stood in front of 30,000 people, half of which were trusting God for you to get under the anointing and see the Holy Ghost manifested for them to receive a heat? It, it amazes me when church people sit in church, look at their pastor and say, well, he should not have do it that way. So when's the last time you stood in front of a group of people who were relying upon you to lead them and to take them in the direction that God wanted them to go to fulfill the purpose of God? You haven't? Oh, so you don't know nothing then. Go ahead, man. It's like all those armchair politicians. Heck, some of y'all fi fix Washington, Washington lickety split. You'd wreck the country, but you'd fix Washington, wouldn't you? I mean, see, that's... So we've got to... Hey, Ben. <laughs> that's why this, this scripture is important. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You've got to keep the word of God in your mouth. You've got to meditate. Say meditate. In other words, you got to keep it in your mumble, talk it, speak it, day and how, how often? Day and night. Not just for it to fill the room, fill the air, so that you can observe to do according to all that is written therein. When you, when you, when you train your mind with the word of God, when your spirit begins to lead you and your mind lines up with what's in your spirit, You'll do what the Spirit of God wants you to do. And the more you acknowledge the Spirit by speaking the Word, by obeying His promptings. Oh, boy, I hope this is helping somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit right now, though. Uh, that, he, that you may observe to do according to all His written. It says this, for then you will make your way prosperous. Not, listen, it doesn't say He'll do it. You'll do it. And you will have good success. Glory to God. Glory to... Isn't that good? Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, if, if I, I... I wish I could tell you of every moment. I, I wish I could just transfer it like um, out of my mind, out of my experience and into yours. Of all the times that um, things have looked terrible. I mean, just desperate. And when I was, when I was younger, when I was more immature, uh, in desperate times, I would, I would withdraw and become isolated. Biggest mistake I ever made. Th those were the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life, was to become withdrawn and isolated when times got, when times got difficult or when things when things didn't appear the way that I thought that they should. And, you know, some people will say, well, you know, the prophets, they isolated. No, they, they isolated out of disobedience. Read the Bible, church. Read the Bible. God, you know, God, God almost never told anyone, hey, you need to get away by yourself. Anytime they did, Elijah, when he, when he went to that, isolated himself in that mountain, he didn't go because God told him. He went because Jezebel was after him. 
Now, the scripture does tell us that we're to get away and, uh, and intentionally put ourselves in our prayer closet to pray. Oh, yeah. But when, when you're going through difficulty, I, the Lord has never told me to isolate during difficulty. In fact, if I ever listened to him, he was always like, call Ben, you know, <laughs> you know get with somebody that can help you through this thing. And, um, and so I did, I said, you know, uh, there's a, there's a safety in a multitude of counselors. Oh yeah. But I wish, I wish I could impart that to you through the laying on of hands, how many times it's looked like I was in the deepest valley of my life and in a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a suddenly, just in a moment, God turned it around, whether it be financial, whether it be looking at a group of people that weren't really open to me, open to the move of the spirit. I mean, and, and, and to see God do what only he can do. It, uh, uh, eventually you, you mature and the way you mature is because you've been around that, you know, around that tree a few times, uh, pretty soon you just expect that God's going to do what he does. I think that's why we have success in having revival the way that we do is because I've never been to a place where I didn't think he could do it because I've been to the worst places and watched him do it. And when you've been to the worst of the worst, when you've been to Sydney, Ohio, and God shows up, and you roll up into some place, like Thomas Carrillo said, the devil's headquarters is around the corner over here. Everywhere I go, that's the same thing with me. Did you feel the oppression when you came into town? You know, usually I say, no, I didn't feel it until you walked up. <laughs> oh, there's all these witches are all around and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're I, I, I came to church early and there was a, a, a chicken foot with some, you know, uh, you know, feathers and a little altar. Uh, they're, they're really praying against these meetings. You know what? That doesn't do anything to make me. I'm not concerned. Amen. That doesn't concern me. It's like, oh, good. We're going to have good service. Yeah. Amen. Man, we're going to have church. Amen. I mean, if we got them coming here to put little sacrifices out here. Thank God. Amen. One time I went to preaching 10 minutes in. This lady screamed, ah! She went running out. Because we had found a little altar at the church, a little witch, you know, thingy, uh, some kind of cursey or it was spell deal. And uh, that lady ran out the next day at church, and the pastor, uh, I, I watched her run out, and I was, I was going to have someone go after her so we could pray for her. Um, but the uh, pastor came to me and said, no, no, it's okay, that's the witch that did that, that's, that's her. I was like, man, it didn't work, so she came to church, and that didn't work. <laughs> oh. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Someone hurt my feelings one time, and I'm going to quit with this. Any, if you have a question, you can answer. Ask it in a second. Um, I went to church late one day. I was preaching at a church here in Edmond, or over in Edmond, and um, I got to church late that day, and I walked in, and when I walked in, the girl at the door was like, hey, Brother Ziggy, God bless you. Glad, to, glad you're, you're here this morning. I was, uh, I was like, praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm here too. She, and she goes, are you preaching this morning? I said, yes, I am. She said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I said, 
How did you know? I hope that she said, the whole day I've been standing here, I've been in the glory of God. I could sense the angels of God here. As I stood by the door, Jesus walked past, and I thought, Brother Ziggy must be coming today. Now, you know what she said? She said, I knew you were coming. She said, because the devil showed up today. She said, people get crazy when you come around. Go ahead, man. Too many people want people to testify that everything is just light and fluffy and wonderful. Come on now. But God created us to go into the darkness and shine the light. That's right. Amen. Amen. Someone prophesied over me and said, I see you in a dark place. I'm like, you're right. I'm in dark places all the time. Sometimes I'm the only shiny thing there. Me, me, and, me and Ted and that smile. Me, me and Cherie, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God will do these things where you need him to do them. Amen. You got to have that word. Don, you had a question. The, the law, yeah, you're right. The law, uh, the, the law of Moses, but Jesus fulfilled the law. I'm, That's right. I'm just, I'm just to Wrap your mind around it. It's the it's the principle. Yeah, it's it's the principle. This is not saying um, the law of Moses, and it, I mean even it, it is, but that's not what I'm trying to convey. Um, what I'm trying to say in this verse of Scripture, and I believe because w- when we look at the Old Testament, we look at it, you know, it's, uh, um, how do they say, types and shadows. Yeah. Uh, we can glean from the Old Testament as New Testament believers um, some of these things, principles and, and things that the Lord did. And, um, and so when I say this book of the law, um, we're not talking about tying yourself to a legalism. What, what I'm saying and, and what uh, I believe that uh, we can glean from this scripture is this, is that, um, you know, the Bible says men ought to always pray. Um, prayer is something that we ought to do regularly. Um, spending time with the Lord uh, in a deep, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. You know, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word. Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh, dwelled among us. God and His Word are one and the same. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that when we look into the Word of God, and the whole thing is the, you know, the Word of God is the, uh, the will of, if, if, you, if, you, if you don't know what the will of God is, God's will and His Word are one and the same. And so um, when we look into the Word of God and we, uh, we know what the will of God is, and uh, if we can do that, if we can fill our minds and renew our minds with the Word of God, then, and meditate on it, speak it, decree it, declare it, make it a part of our, um, of the DNA of our soul, like it's the DNA of our spirit, then we'll make our way prosperous and have good success. So it's not about doing the Ten Commandments or, you know, um, it's, it's about renewing your mind 
changing your concepts, uh, elevating your thinking to the way that God thinks. And uh, I tell people all the time, you know, the way that this works for me, it's going to work different for you. And um, I'm t I tell you my experiences more as a guideline and for you to kind of understand how these things have manifested for me. But you, you may get in there and have a totally different experience and encounter. Um, but the one thing that we can count on is that uh, the promises of God are yes and amen. And that he will, uh, like for, for example, supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Uh, he'll give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in the Lord. What things soever you desire, when you pray, if you believe you receive them, you'll have them. I mean, these things are all things that generally were, are for all of us. Um, they may manifest in different ways. I hope, does that answer your question? Yeah. All right, wonderful. Shree, you had a question? Or, no, was it you? That's okay. We we understand. Sometimes, you know, when you talk about the Lord leading you and directing you in such a way that is very specific. Yeah. But it's more than that. That's one way to put it. But it's like it's scary. It's almost scary. Not scary, but I there's been times I think when the Lord's offered me that opportunity. And I think, it, I mean, it, I think it's been a while now, but there's been times when the Lord's offered me that opportunity, and I haven't took it because of, there's like, there's like an anxiety that comes with it, mm -hmm. spiritually, like not in the natural, but spiritually, so is it just a place of maturing? Um, is it pushing, getting the flesh out of the way? Is that, is it that is. It is. It's our flesh. When we when we get carnal, control. yeah. Control. When we get carnal, it's 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 hard for us to to trust that the Lord has something. And so, and and the thing with God is is that He'll lead you in ways that don't result in what. In that's why I say we we look at the Word. We look at the Word of God, not just a part of it, but the whole Word of God. Sometimes the sowing of a seed is like a leap. I tell y'all, leap seed or lead seed that leads to a big harvest. Sometimes God is is having you to sow, and you're not going to go into a time of immediate return. You're going to go into a lean time. That's why Paul said, "I've learned both how to be abased and I've learned how to abound." Now, listen. What some people call abasedness is not abasedness. If the devil robbed you and stole from you, you're not learning how to be abased. You're a victim. Learning how to be abased is when your obedience to God led you to a place where you have to tighten your belt because you did what he told you to do. Then you've learned how to be abased because you allowed him to lead you to a place that in that season for you was sacrificial. Does that make sense? Now, listen, not all lean times are times, well, you know, Bible says we learn how to be a base. We learn. No, don't, don't use that as a Band-Aid to put on every time you're broke. Because sometimes you're broke because you spent money you didn't have. Sometimes you're broke because, you know, uh, for whatever reason it might be. But there are times, and Ted is, uh, can testify to this. One time he was, he was sewing and... Um, he didn't have hardly no money. And so we were going to get some dinner, and he wanted me to run him by McDonald's to the dollar menu. 
I was getting $6 sandwiches at a Philly cheesesteak place. He wanted to go to the dollar menu. And so I'm like, Ted, why do you want to go to the dollar menu? He's like, well, you know, my money, I don't have really a lot of money right now. I'm like, well, why not, Ted? I said, you're a tither. You're an offering giver. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, some people think I'm just harassing. I'm trying to pump up his faith. And he's like, yeah, well, he says, uh, but I've, been, I've just been sowing a lot. And, and uh, he says, that's why I don't have, you know, a lot. I said, well, maybe you're doing it wrong then. If you're, if you're sowing a lot and you're not getting nothing, maybe you're doing it wrong. I said, he says, well, I've been, and he told me where he was sowing. I said, did the Lord tell you to do that? He said, well, no. I said, well, dude, maybe you're, maybe you're not doing it right. And he goes, well, I don't agree. One of the few times Ted has ever, well, I don't agree with you. I mean, we're in a drive-thru waiting on sandwiches. I don't agree with you. I said, what do you mean you don't agree? I said, explain. I mean, I wasn't mad at him. I'm like, talk to me. Tell me. Maybe I can learn something here. He says, well, he says, um, <laughs> he said, uh, I have a daughter. You know, I, t- I have to leave her a note, tell her to clean her room every day. He said, I get tired of telling her to clean her room. If I told her to clean her room, then she knows I want her to clean her room. He said, I think God's the same way. He's told us to do stuff in his word. We shouldn't sit around waiting for him to tell us again. He said, God's word says we're to, we're to do good unto all men, especially unto those who are the household of faith. He said, I'm doing it. And he said, because of that, I'm going to order off the dollar menu. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, Ted, I get it. I stand corrected. I said, that's good, Ted. So, but get this, we pull up to the window and this lady hands like four sacks to us and a couple of drinks. I'm like, no, this ain't right. I said, lady, this ain't right. I said, I had two sandwiches and one drink. And she's like, was there a car in front of y'all? That I said, well, yeah, there was cars in front of us. We're in line. She goes, ah, they drove off. She says, well, just hand it back to me. And I went to hand it back. I said, what are you going to do with it? She said, well, we have to throw it away because once, you know, you touch it, we, have, we just got to toss it out. I said, well, just throw it away in here. <laughs> I said, if you're just going to throw it away, she said, um, she said, okay. I was like, praise God. We looked in there. There was Ted, Debbie, and Amanda, and Tab. There was four of them. There were four sandwiches in there. Four fries. I was like, Ted, I said, this is all the food for your family. I was like, dude, you're a tither and all. We was high-fiving each other. We was, well, we was high-fiving each other until she said to me, that'll be $18 and said, Louis, I had to pay. So I ended up paying for my food. Ted got his for free, but that was, you know, that was that, that lesson. So, um, Learning how to be abased is when you follow the Lord to a place of, of sacrifice and learning how to abound. Do you know you don't have to stay in a place of sacrifice when you know how to prosper? Because you can work the word of God. As, as Ben, Pastor Ben tonight, he don't have to really follow the leading of the spirit and he can get people healed and delivered. He can even pull out some words from God for people and not one time obey the Holy Ghost. Because those are things you can do. But obedience to the Spirit causes these things to be exponentially more impactful and more powerful. And so 
Um, what, what you're talking about, Sheree, is, the, is following the Lord and, and the details. Most of the time, God doesn't give you the details. He just tells you, hey, walk over here. Put your hand on your head. And you have no idea what he's doing. And you're just, you're just fat and happy, you know. Hey, how are you with your head on you? And, and then all of a sudden you see how all these things he told you to do result in an explosion of his presence. And, and then you're like, ooh. And then everybody looks at you and is like, oh, did you see that? How he was so sensitive to the spirit. <laughs> we was only sensitive because he told us one thing at a time. And we were just dumb enough to follow him. So yeah, if, if anxiety comes, it's your flesh, it's your natural man for fear, you know, fear, whatever, uh, telling you that it's not going to work out. And you know what? Sometimes it's not going to work out the way you thought. Good example is when you went and prayed for that guy in the wheelchair. You were led by the Spirit. I knew you was led by the Spirit. If, if you hadn't been led by the Spirit, I'd have stopped you. She went and prayed for that old boy. She, she saw a picture of her praying for this guy in southeast Oklahoma in a wheelchair. And she saw the whole thing play out. She flipped up those paddles. She put his feet on the ground. She looked at him in that vision. She was like, in the name of Jesus. She was also, in the, in the vision, she was Smith Wigglesworth. She punched the devil out of him. Sheree's like, ooh, this is going to work. She went over there. She went through every step. And when she went to pull him out, he was like, mm-mm. I can't get up. She's like, I saw the vision. He's like, I didn't see nothing. And he didn't, it didn't work. And Shree, you know, Shree came to me. She's like, Pastor, I did everything. She's crying in the airplane on the flight back. I did everything. Why didn't it work? I said, what do you mean, why didn't it work? What do you mean it didn't work? I said, you mean you didn't do what God told you to do? She said, I did, but it didn't work. I said, wait a minute. What do you mean it didn't work? Are you telling God that he didn't do his part? Go ahead now. Oh, you're on it now. <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, what? I said, you say it didn't work because, I said, did you do everything the Lord told you to do? She's like, to the, to the, I said, did you do everything? She said, everything. I did everything. I said, what was the part that was left out? Him getting up. I said, do you have the power to get him up? She goes, no. I said, then that's not your part. That's, right. that's his part. Oh yeah. She said, but why did he show me him getting up? I said, because you wouldn't have done it if he didn't. Because <laughs> you wouldn't have done it. If, if, if you'd have had a vision of that guy not getting up, do you think you'd have gone over there? <laughs> no, because you'd have said, well, Lord's telling me not to do that because he's not going to get up. So thank you, Lord, for keeping me from looking stupid. No, he wanted you to get out there. He wanted you to exercise your faith. He wanted to give that guy an opportunity to get out of that chair. You know, that guy could have got up. He had a choice, just like you had a choice. Are y'all hearing me today? And the day happened, he's like... I just can't do it. But you know, you but you have to be like, praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I did my part and I, I left your part to you. And uh, God, you, He don't fail. God don't fail. Uh, so sometimes we don't see what we expect, but we have to walk through the process. So uh, was there another question? Someone? Did I see someone else's hand? No, that's it. Praise the Lord. I could tell it was 9:30 or 11:30 something because people like me. 
<laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. All right. No offering today because we're um, tomorrow we'll sow an offering in this morning service. And I want you to really, you know, ask the Lord what you want you to do and, and then sow out of a uh, out of a gratefulness for what he is saying to us. And I, I know most of what I'm dealing with doesn't have to do with a lot of the sometimes what I talk about, but I felt like the Lord's led me in this way more recently to talk about the things that I, I have observed uh, just over the last several years that I see working in people that keep them from that breakthrough. And so um, I, I pray that some of y'all aren't disappointed that I'm not just talking about giving because I know that's a, that's, a, it, it, that's a part of it. And it it's definitely needs to be talked about at some point. But uh, obviously four days wasn't enough. So anyway, um, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. I continue to pour out, Lord, upon your people. God, we're so grateful for your goodness and for your mercy uh, toward us. Uh, your, your word declares your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. Great is your faithfulness. So, Lord, we pray uh, that, um, that as we continue to uh, be faithful to you, Lord, that uh, the world will see your faithfulness uh, and your love and your goodness manifested in us, and it will cause them to bow their knees and their hearts to your lordship. In Jesus' name, Father, bring us back tonight. Lord, anoint Pastor Ben so strong tonight. God, let him leave oil tracks as he walks in the door. In the name of Jesus. God, let him be greasier than that greased pig at the county fair. In the name of Jesus, Lord, use him for your glory. In the name of Jesus. And uh, Father, we, we, uh, we will acknowledge you tonight in all of our ways. Uh, so that you can direct our paths. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Listen, go in his presence. Before you leave here, love someone because you do.